many Knights of the Round Table orgy fanfictions exist? Ooh, what an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird question for you to be like, what an interesting question. I... the singular person listening to this podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Sarah. And we're socially awkward. I don't remember if we ever said we're socially awkward last time. I think we did. I think so, but we got a little sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> that should just be the title of the podcast. We got a little we sidetracked. Got <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It does. Happens often. Um, but yes, we're back. We've had lunch. Yes. So we're back. We're, we're more focused or less. I don't know. Uh, who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? Um, but we're gonna, yeah, talk about, like, tropes. Let me find the original message I sent about, like, where this started was, like, a message that I sent about, kind of, it's interesting how, like, what people look for, because obviously the whole purpose of fanfiction mm-hmm. is, like, people consume some sort of media and feel some sort of, like, connection to the plot, the characters, the story, like, something yeah. connects to them, mm-hmm. and they, like, you know... So they, like, get invested in it, mm-hmm. but then there's something about it, they're like, I wish it had more of X. Yeah. And they write fanfiction about yeah. it. Yeah. I wish these characters got together. I wish, you know, that we could see these characters in a different setting. You yeah. Know, whatever. I, like, want something more from this that yeah. this did not provide. So but I will create that. Yeah. But actually, like, because I'm sure, I'm sure we've all had this experience. Um, like, you've written fanfiction, yes? Yes. Of course. <laughs> Not much, but I have. I have also written some fanfiction. And literally, and it was one of those things that, like, I wrote a What fan- did you write fanfiction of? I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you the whole sordid tale. Okay. Um, I... It happened a couple times, and this, uh, and I will say this, I wrote fanfiction before I realized that I was writing fanfiction. Before you knew what that was. Before yeah. I realized that there was a whole genre of things and like a whole, like whole scads of people who also did this. And it was exactly as you described. It was this feeling of like, I was invested in this thing, but then that thing ended. You know, whether it was a book or a video game or, you know, whatever it is, that thing was, is, is finite. Mm-hmm. And I want to see more of that thing. But so... And I did this a couple times, and I know I'm, I only remember one that I wrote, but I wrote a Legend of Zelda fanfiction. Oh. <laughs> yes. I have consumed some Legends of Zelda fanfiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of bummed because at the time, it was basically like I had an idea in my head for, okay, so to give it some context so that you like can fully appreciate the fanfiction that I wrote and then subsequently deleted. Um uh, they're in, in, in Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. one of the final bosses that you fight in one of the dungeons is, like, a shadow version of Link, the, yes. like, titular, or not titular, but, like, the main character that you play. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, you know, he's, he, he, like, mimics your moves, and it's really hard, because, like, 
whatever. Sure. Anyway, everybody loves that character because it's like, ooh, it's like Link, but he's dark and mysterious. He's like a bad boy. And it's like, nah, okay. Okay. You're <laughs> Not really. extrapolating like a lot of extra You're data. You're extrapolating sure. a lot of extra data out of something that is literally a shadow. Um, but so did I. I also extrapolated a lot of extra data out of something that was literally a shadow. So Ocarina of Time is what first introduces Shadow Link. Mm-hmm. Um, many games later, in Twilight Princess... One of the final bosses that you fight is pu- is called Puppet Zelda, and so it's Zelda, but she's being possessed by evil, mm-hmm. and so she's like super dark and scary and awful, and she's got terrible magic and so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, like those was, deserve to be characters. I, was, I could see where this. Yeah, is going. I was like, mm, I see something happening here, um, and so I wrote an entire fan fiction. Because I was like, these deserve to be, like, everybody, there's, like, lots of, like, fan art and all these things about these, like, quote-unquote characters, because they're barely characters in the games. They're, they're you know, like, one-time bosses. They don't really have any backstory other than they're evil. Um, but there's tons of, of um, like, fan art about these, these characters and how they're, like, the dark versions of the main characters, and they're like, ooh, it's so edgy, and I'm like, it's, you know, whatever. But but then I was like, well, how, how would they have come to be that when they are not... One is, a, one is a shadow of a real person, and one is, like, a real person, but possessed. And, like, that doesn't... that We can't do that. And so I wrote an entire fan fiction to describe, like, very deep lore about how they were, like, newly created as, like, autonomous beings so that they could get together. <laughs> Almost every <laughs> fanfiction ends with so that they could get yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. Not all fanfiction it was like, is romantic fanfiction. Not all. But the majority but most, of it is, for sure. It was, like, a very involved, like, I mean, like, it went, like, deep lore. It, like pulled like deities out of like very deep lore from like older games and like it was like <laughs> passing it was like yeah the three goddesses anyway and like moved on with the story is like getting that like yoinking that using that lore and like created this whole thing about the the goddesses creating a new form of life in the world that was like this like shadowy kind of like species basically um so they could be autonomous beings i went through this whole like like whole journey of like this shadow link understanding what he is and who he is and how he's not just a shadow anymore and he has like you know he can has like a fully realized like it's like a whole thing and all of that was so that he and the like the shadowy zelda could get together I didn't need to know that the entire time you've been talking, I've been, like, holding a thought with my fingers. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. And the thought that I was holding from the very second that you mentioned this, my first thought was, Shadow Link x Chromis from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the very important thought yeah. that I was holding on to that whole time. <laughs> was that if it doesn't exist, it should. It should. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. That's, yeah. I feel like there's nothing more that reflects, like, the neurodivergent slash mentally ill mindset that, yeah. like, I'm gonna dig so deep into this lore. Just to create this one... To create this, like, one piece of fanfiction. Mm-hmm. 
and then was... subsequently delete it because I'm like yeah. embarrassed or uncomfortable. Well, and that was a great thing about it too. Is like it was not that I was embarrassed or uncomfortable. It was that I had the whole thing typed out in a note in my phone. Oh no, you deleted it on accident? No. No, it was on purpose, but I had the whole thing typed out. And, like, maybe part of it was that I was, like, a little embarrassed in the back of my brain. But mostly it was like, well, I figured it out now. And now I have that whole story locked in my brain. And I don't need this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That also was very, very appropriate. Yeah. It was very neurodivergent. I was like, now that I've typed this out, I'll literally never forget it. And I didn't, because here we are. However many years later, it was just like high I'm 27 old years old. Yeah, I wrote this in high school. <laughs> like at least 10 years later. It was at least 10 years ago, probably more like 15. And I'm like, I still remember what their names were. Because of course he's no longer Shadow Link. He has his own name. I'm not going to subject you to those names because they're not very... <laughs> I named him Shade, okay? <laughs> Are you happy? <laughs> I also created a whole like Zelda multiverse that would allow all of the different iterations of the like the different games to happen concurrently so that it could be the same Link and the same Zelda, but all of the other characters would also be there. <laughs> that is so much better than my like <laughs> cheesy One Direction fanfiction. <laughs> myself in this character this story like I find something about it relatable and so I want more of this Mm -hmm. to like kind of let me live out something through that like whether it's like I want to like self insert Mm fanfiction thing I don't think as much anymore not as much I think I say that I think it is definitely still a very much a thing but Mm -hmm. I think fan like because when we were younger the the writers were younger yeah, I think maybe and it's I more think, just like I think that's young a younger... writers are still doing that, but we're not reading as much of it. Yeah, I do not read a lot of like <laughs> Wat. That's like very like Wattpad fanfiction yeah. style. Is like self insert fanfiction, which is like I have a crush on this character, this person. So whatever. I'm gonna like yeah so, yeah. So and I am going to write a story that's like living out some kind of fantasy to do with that character or that story. Mm-hmm. And the self insert version is that the main character does not have a name. It's mm-hmm. literally, like, parentheses that says, like, your name. Yeah. And so you're supposed to read it and, like, insert your own name. Yeah. In place of, like, every time that, that character's name would be mentioned. Yeah. So that it literally is, like, the characters are talking to you. Yeah. It's, like, a very, in like, very involved fantasy. Yeah. Kind of. Which is very common. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of times, like, you know, besides that, it's, like, you know, I really, like, relate to these characters or, you know, something. So I want to see something happen mm-hmm. that plays out some kind of fantasy in my head. Of, like, what should happen here, or what I want to happen here, or what I would want to happen to me. Yeah. But I don't, you know, people don't even realize necessarily that's what they want, but, like, you know, that's kind of what it is. Or, there's something about, like, the lore, Mm -hmm. the, like, world building, you know, if it's, like, a fantasy story, you know, something about, like, kind of the mechanics of the story 
that a person really likes. And yeah. they'll get kind of fixated on, like, ooh, that's a really interesting concept or idea. Like, I want to do more with it. Or I really like the way that they, you know, this, like, mechanic for magic or this, like, type of magic or whatever. Like, let me see what I can do with that. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of, it's kind of, like, the deep dive into the lore of it. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the two... Like, and a lot of times, you know, self-insert stuff tends to be more romantic, and the other kind tends to be more, like, story-based. Yeah, Not like that they're, like, like mutually exclusive. Yeah. yeah, but <clears throat> it tends to be that, you know, either, like, I relate to these characters and I kind of want to see, like, myself, or, like, a romantic situation that I, mm-hmm. like, kind of fantasize about, or, like, you know, I'm interested in and want to see, like, what I could do with the mechanic of something yeah. about the story that I like. Or, or, you know, in a lot of cases, it's like, well, I don't think that this made a lot of sense, so I think it would have made more sense if it went this way, or, mm-hmm. you know, or this was the, like, the the reason behind that, or something like that. Yeah, or, like, AU fanfictions, where it's like, you know, it'd be interesting to see what would happen if these characters were placed in, AU means alternate universe, which yeah. is, like... Yeah, if they were placed, you know, so if you took these characters from, like, Legends of Zelda and placed them in the modern world, right. what would that look like? The the very, very, um, oh, I've lost the word, but the very popular, um, like, coffee shop AU, <laughs> where it's like, what if I took these, and that's, just, I think that's especially popular for, like, um, characters from, like, very, um, you know, like, adventures mm-hmm. kind of stories, like, where it's very, like, yeah. high stakes, or... Like, or period like pieces. Period or, pieces, so or, like... it's very contingent <clears throat> on the location. Yeah. And, like, time period, yeah. or whatever. Things like that, and then things where the, like, the like the stakes are really high, tensions are really high, things like that. The, like, there's this, this fascination with, like, what if you took all of the, the tensions and the, you know, like, the, you know, the, the warring stuff, or, like, whatever, what if you took all of those, like very high stakes things out of the picture and you just put them in a little coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Well, what would they do? What would they do if they was just like really casual modern interactions? Yeah. I Which, think it's, <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's yeah. like I can definitely see the appeal of like yeah. what would happen. And I feel like it's also very common with things like Harry Potter mm. or like fantasy not where there's a lot of um, like lore and kind of like yes. mechanic to it and it's like I don't really want to fuck around with that. I just want to I just want characters. Draco and Harry to fuck. Yeah. So like I'm going to remove them from the situation where I have to worry about any of that yeah. stuff and just put them in like regular yeah. modern world so I don't have to yeah. deal with coffee shop or like regular like normal high school is also a very That's popular a, yeah, one very common where like one. stakes are just very low. <clears throat> so it it removes all of the tension and all of the like you know we might die and just puts them in this this like eh, they might they might date they could date you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's interesting too because there's so like it depends on the like platform that you're reading on but archive of our own Ao3 is like mm-hmm. the most popular one you can also read on like fanfiction.net people post stuff on like Tumblr yeah I'm sure there's more than that that I can't think of I'm not aware of whatever. Yeah. But uh, AO3 is, like, the most popular one. Yeah. And it's, like, literally you can search any people in yeah. any piece of, like, media whatsoever, and there is fanfiction. There is absolutely, yeah. It's, and, I, and, and when you say any, I mean, like, really any. Like, literally, one of the, one time, me and one of our friends, one of our favorite things to do was go through, like, the top, like, I don't know, some, t- like, whatever the top recommended was. Mm-hmm. There is, first of all, BTS, mm-hmm. so much BTS fan So much BTS. So much, and some really strange combinations it's of pretty things. pretty bad. <laughs> That's, yeah. I'm scared to even read it. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, 
literally anything. But one of the ways that you can kind of navigate through finding something, like, you know, if you're like, I want fanfiction about these characters or this piece of media or this, like, band or, you know, people mm-hmm. do it with real life people too. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a little creepy to me. That's a little weird. Another one that's weird is historical figures. That one is kind of weird too, where it's like, yeah. that's not even, it's like, those people are dead. Yeah, that person, that person's that person, dead. That person lived and died. <laughs> and you don't even have, like, it's not like, and you don't even, you don't even, like, have, like, a, yeah, you, like, it's, like, with, with, like, things like BTS or, like, you know, modern bands, it's, like, they're, they're personalities. They are, that's part of their job is to be a personality that people want to follow. And so, like, you have, like, things to draw on that give you, like, some about, like, how they would actually interact. If you're writing something about Hamilton, you have a play that and is history, a play that is based on a book <laughs> that is based on real events. Yeah, you have like history books, and then like one Broadway musical that like so it was some guy's interpretation of like like a biography. I think. Yeah, I think so. Something like that, or like mul- like I, multiple. Bi- I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but it's like you didn't know Hamilton. You don't have. Yeah, you don't have anything to base that on. Nobody did, like, nobody did, like, candid interviews with Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're just... There's there's definitely degrees to which people are, like, interpreting versus, like... Especially, obviously, with, like, media. Mm -hmm. It's very easy, because there's... Someone designed that character and has laid out for you all of the information you need to know about that character. Yeah. There's less artistic interpretation. Mm Mm-hmm. Most of the time. I mean, obviously sometimes. There's some. Like, and, and also, it's a, it's a fictional character. And so yeah. if you, you know, like like we said with, like, a you know, a coffee shop AU, if it's like, yeah, this character in this, you know, the in the source material is, like, really hard and gritty, but, like, you think that maybe if they didn't live such a hard, gritty life that they might be actually kind of soft underneath, you put them in a coffee shop and you make them drink lattes and you, you know, like... You think, oh, they only drink, like, oh, dark black roast. But no, they kind of like a cappuccino. Like, that's, you know. <laughs> Sarah knows a lot about coffee shop AUs. I do. <laughs> I did not know about this. <laughs> did, did you read a lot of coffee shop No. I don't know why I know so much about these. That's so funny. <laughs> I think it's because I've, like, considered it a whole lot. Because, like, one of, the co- one of the questions I often like to ask myself is, like, if this were a coffee shop at you, what would the characters be doing? And then, like, it's, like, it's, like, a fun, like, mental exercise <laughs> where it's, like, which ones work at the coffee shop, which ones are regulars, <laughs> which which ones work adjacent to the coffee shop. Interesting. I don't know why. This is giving me such an interesting, like, look into your mind. Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. I did not know you did that. Yeah, just not, yeah. Just home, man. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, but yeah, so one of the ways that you navigate that is through tags. They have, like, a series of tags. And there's, like, a, like, a large amount of, like, recognized tags Mm -hmm. where it's, like, you know, people, like, fluff or smut. Like, fluff is, like, romantic content that's mostly just, like, sweet romantic interactions. You know, smut is obviously, like, sexual content, things like that. Or you'll tag, like, trigger warnings, like, you know, trigger warning domestic abuse or something Mm -hmm. like that, like, you know... Um, or you'll tag, like, you know, especially with smut, smut, which is what I'm most familiar with, Mm -hmm. is, like, people will tag the types of sexual acts that are, like, being depicted if someone's, like, looking for something specific. Uh, but you can also tag literally anything, and people will tag literally anything. Mm -hmm. Where it'll be, like, whole sentences. Yeah. Of, like, you know, Draco Malfoy 
like soft way in a coffee shop. Like, like that's <laughs> yeah. Italian. And I'm like, who is searching that? Like, that's the, ver- the- <laughs> several people. Apparently. Someone apparently. Someone. Um, but that's how you can like navigate where it's like, oh, okay, I want these specific characters or this specific story, mm-hmm. and then I want whatever type of content it is you're looking for. Yeah. And I feel like the tags are in- like an interesting look into people's psyche because not only did the person that wrote it think that that was an important aspect of the story because when you're yeah. scrolling through it'll say like the title the summary written by the person who wrote it mm-hmm. and then it'll show you the tags yeah so you can kind of get a good idea of like what type of content is in it mm-hmm. so it's like not only did that person think this is an important thing about my piece of fan fiction that people like, will want to yeah search. it's like a defining trait but other people are looking for that thing yeah and it is very interesting what people will put in there. And I'm like, who searched that? I, like, who knows? There's something for everyone. And I'm yeah. not, like, judging people that search that. But it's like, sometimes I'll see one and I'm like, who is... That is so specific. Yeah. Who is searching for that? Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I've just searched, like, you know, Harry Potter or Heartstopper or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just seeing what comes up. And then someone is searching, like, Heartstopper, like, soft boy fluff. Like, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> like, like, like Nick look- Nelson cries in the rain. And I'm like, that is what? so specific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the what's really interesting is the like advanced filters on Ao3 because you can go like really specific so in the advanced specific. filters, and I mean, and like so, as an example, um, as speaking of like things that you get really really specific, there's lots of fan fiction about like King Arthur and Guinevere. There is a lot. There's of a lot. About there's that. a lot of uh, King Arthur and whatever. There's a lot about like different knights of the Round Table. There is a lot about like um, different like kind of like. I wonder how many knights of the Round Table orgy fan fictions exist. Ooh, what an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird question for you to be like. What an interesting question. I please think, look this up. I think that's a great question. First of all, I'm gonna write that down because we didn't write down any like titles last time. <laughs> Yeah, normally as we go through, like, if we say funny things, I'll write it down and we'll make it the title. And we did not do that last time because we were, like, too involved. And then we had to, like, literally, even though I just finished having this conversation when we titled them, I do not remember what I said. Yeah. I'm surprised every time I edit these things yeah, by like, what, what I said. I said that? <laughs> or sometimes, like, people will text me funny things that we said when they, like, listen to the episode. And I'm like, <laughs> I do not remember having that conversation. What do you mean? <laughs> My favorite thing on the flip side of that, on a totally different out of that is that um daniel i don't know if it's that daniel remembers what he said in these like when he's on them or if he like only responds in very specific ways to very specific things (laughs) because i've listened to some of the older episodes with him and like ones that he was in Mm -hmm. and watched him like lip sync like mouth along with his response That is a very uniquely Daniel thing to do. It's very endearing. And I I don't know if it's, like, because he remembers or if it's literally... And I think it's more likely it is because he is very open about the fact that he, like, relies a lot on kind of, like, scripted interactions. Like, that's how he learned how to interact with people. That's very common for... Neurodivergent people. Um, and he kind of still relies on that in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I think it may be because it's he relies on it so much that when he hears a particular set of words, he's like, this he's is like, how I, I know what I would I know how that. I yeah. would respond. And it's always the same. <laughs> that is precious. It's really funny. I love it so much. That is so precious. Um, 
Oh, I will. I will look up. Yes, please look this up because I would see. love to know how many. I'm sure it's more than one. Let's see. Hold on. There's more than one of almost anything you can think to look up. Absolutely. Of fiction. Okay, I'm gonna get um, on Ao3. I'm gonna do it there. Yes. And I'm gonna pro. I'm just gonna. I love Ao3. Oh. Ao3 is my preferred platform for. Yes, fiction. I consent to these terms. Thank you. <laughs> do you have an account? No. Oh my god, I didn't. Okay. I, it's not that I didn't know, because I'm sure if I thought about it, like, obviously that makes sense, but it never occurred to me to have one until I was telling Ro on one of our, I think one of our episodes that got, like, fucked, um, that I used the Bookly app for, like, all, to track all of my reading. Yeah. And I will also use it to track fanfiction, because they will tell you how many, um, they'll tell you how many chapters, and it'll tell you the word count. There's obviously not a page count, because it's, like, a continuous scroll kind of format or whatever. Um, and so, and, like, you know, chapters are all one, like, it's all one page, basically. But I was like, yeah, a traditional novel has about 300 words per page. You can divide the word count by 300, and it will tell you how many, like, traditional novel pages are in that piece of fanfiction. So you can track it like it's a regular book. Yeah. And I will screenshot, like, the uh, summary that has, like, the title, the author, and the summary, so that, I like, if I ever want to look for it again, I have a picture of it. And they were like, oh, that's so smart, because you can, you know, track how long it took you to read, you can, like, rate, like, you know, I use it to, like, rate books and stuff like that, and recommend them again, so, like, if someone's like, what's a good book? I'm like, oh, let me see which ones I rated really well. Um, and I was telling them about that, and they were like, oh, I just save them to my profile and I was like you can have a profile <laughs> and it's like obviously if I thought about that yeah it makes sense that you can have a profile it's a website um but that like never occurred to me and you have to ask for one and then they will like email you like a few days two weeks later to be like here is your acceptance to have a profile and then you can like set it up and I don't know if it's just because like it's a fan-made like moderated website like it's not it's not run by, like, an organization. I think it's run by people. Yeah. And maybe it is now that it's more popular. Like, I don't know who runs it. But, like, fanfiction websites were all started by fans wanting a place to post their fanfiction. And so, and you can look, like, this is a very interesting source of content on YouTube, is, like, people make video essays about, like, fanfiction websites, fanfiction, like, the development of certain tropes. Like, mm -hmm. the, there's a, a video by Lindsay Ellis about the development of ABO fanfiction. And the subsequent lawsuits that came out of the development of ABO fanfiction. Because people, the first person to, like, publish a traditional novel with, like, ABO tropes, someone else then did it. And that person tried to sue that person. Oh. By saying, like, this is copyrighted material. And then it had to go to the courts. And someone had to go to court and explain the tropes of ABO oh fanfiction. And be like, no, this is, like, a common trope of the genre. Every genre has tropes, like, you cannot copyright tropes. And they did lose, like, you cannot copyright tropes. That's yeah. not how that works. Um, and that's been the case for traditional books for... The existence of traditional books is that, like, certain types of stories have certain, like, formulas. That's what people like about genres. Yeah. Is that you kind of know what to expect from that type of story. Yeah. But yeah, there was, like, there's, like, a whole... So, I recommend that video by Lindsay Ellis. Oh, there are none? There are none. <gasps> what? At least not for with the search terms that I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, what search terms to use. Because <clears throat> I've, like, I've gone through, and, like, in terms of tags, like, fandom tags, I've gone Knights of the Round Table, King Arthur, and then I found, like, a very specific Lancelot, the Knight of the Cart, and then a lot of French. 
uh, did Lancelot. I was trying to remember how to spell Guinevere, and I can't remember to spell it. <laughs> I don't remember how to spell it in that specific context, because yeah. I think it's different um, from how I would have assumed. I did rating explicit, because that seems right, and then I just did tag. You should just search Camelot orgy and see what happens. Oh, Camelot, thank you. <laughs> this is just in us searching for Camelot orgy fanfiction. Camelot TV, Camelot... That's the other thing, is, like, anytime you search, like, a, um... Like, anytime you search a, like, a search term, especially, like, if you're looking in the fandoms, it'll be, like, like, I searched King Arthur, and then it was King Arthur 2004, King Arthur TV series 2000, you know, whatever, King yeah. Arthur 1987, like, and it was, like, all these different very specific iterations of King Arthur. Because people make fanfiction based <clears throat> off of, like, you know, if it's, like, Pride and Prejudice, like, there's multiple, for, like, you know, it could be the book version. The old movie version that's gross and nobody likes. The mm-hmm. one with, uh, what the fuck is that lady's name? The girl uh, in Pride and Prejudice. Oh! <laughs> I don't remember her name. Fuck. I almost forgot what yeah. she was. Uh, really? There's, like, nothing. With so Matthew McFadden and whatever that other lady's name is. She is so famous, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sure every person is like, Bryce is gonna listen to this and text me and be like, her name is this. And I'm gonna be like, I fucking know. I, I know. figured it out yeah. already. Okay, I'm, I think something's wrong with my search terms, because I even took out, like, orgy. Here, let me was, try it. Yeah, <laughs> you go took ahead. took out orgy. <laughs> I took out orgy just to see if it would bring something up about, like, like the, the search terms that I was using, and it's, like, not. So, maybe I've got too many search terms or not the right ones. I'm not sure. But you definitely have more experience with this, so I'm gonna let you do it. Um, I found one. <laughs> Apparently they're all on fanfiction.net. Ah! Oh my god. What? What, what, what? <laughs> Let me see. This is called True Positions. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell me this is not like an orgy to settle the debate of like where they get to sit at the round table. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is that like the Arthur and his knights are like in a giant orgy presumably in front of the public of the U- <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> that is so much it's, oh my god this is based on Marlon of course the of television course. show of course um that is so funny holy shit uh it's rated okay I'll just tell if anyone's curious I have not vetted this in any way yeah so, so I do not stand by we anything don't in endorse this, this. <laughs> I googled this and this is what came up but it's on fanfiction.net called True Positions by Rising Queen 2. I don't know if Rising Queen 1 is the same person. Sometimes people will do that. Possible. Um, but there is... Well, I just googled it. <laughs> and there are many. And they're all on fanfiction.net. Oh my goodness. How many of them? <laughs> there are so many! <laughs> There's like eight. I was on the wrong site. <laughs> you were. Although this one, I did get an AO3 option also. Is it an orgy? Hang on. No, it just cut orgy out of it, and that's uh, what I got. Yeah, so there is a, approximately seven to eight on fanfiction.net. Are There's, they all by Rising Queen 2? I don't think so. Okay. Um, that would be a very specific thing. That's another thing about, like, fanfiction genres and, like, to, like, a greater extent, like, smut genres and things like that that I find really interesting, because especially because, like, so many smut genres kind of came out of fanfiction, like oh, sneezing on. Oh, go ahead. Oh my god, it's like right there. Nope. Okay. Damn it. Oh well. 
<laughs> I love sneezing. It feels so good. It's so, yeah. It's I, like, if I feel like I need to sneeze, that means I need to sneeze, mm-hmm. and I'd rather sneeze and, like, yeah, get it out than just I kind of feel, like, stuffy or, like, yeah, tickly or the whatever. The tickly feeling is the worst. It is horrible. I hate it. But that's what I think is interesting. So, like, we were talking earlier about how, like, bodice rippers are, like, the kind of, like, the first step, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, like, kind of, like, fantasy smut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, I think that fan fiction has done a lot to, like, really inform the, like, modern smut genres. Mm-hmm. Because there are things, like, you know, like, people read things about, like, what what was that one really popular uh, series of, oh, Animorphs? What, right? Like, when we were kids, they were, oh, like, yeah, a really yeah, popular... Oh, yeah, they're, like, kids books. Not, yeah, not smut, sorry. No. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, what I was like, I did not about? remember animals being smut. <laughs> not. But it's what I'm kids, saying is, it's not It's smut. for kids. But what I'm saying is, like, you can't tell me that somebody didn't read Animorphs as a child and then grow up with, like, a really specific fascination with, oh. sh- with shifters. And then they, you know, as they're, like, you know, like, it really all it takes is, like, somebody who writes fan fiction getting a little bit older and looking for something more mature. Exactly. Like, and so I feel like that does a Takes lot. Takes just to... one too many Warrior Cats books. Yes. <laughs> that's then all. you're off on a dark that's path. all it takes, guys. I bet there's a lot of Warrior Cats fanfiction. Oh, undoubtedly. Like, every gay person I know, like, had, like, their first, like, sexual awakening from a Warrior Cats Ooh, book. Ooh, I didn't. I, <laughs> I was not allowed to read Warrior Cats. I didn't Apparently even... Apparently it was, like, somewhat inappropriate. I didn't even know that Warrior Cats existed until I became an adult. I had friends that read Warrior Cats, mm. but I think there's also some, like, uh, religious aspects to it that are, because they're cats, mm. obviously it's not a Christian religion. Yeah, so they have, like, their own cat religion. They and have, like, was, like, from my understanding, I could be wrong about that, but, so, of course, my mom was like, you cannot, you, can't, you cannot no. read about a different religion. Yeah, especially a fake one, God forbid. <laughs> Yeah, God forbid I start reading about it and then start believing in it. Yeah, believing in a, again, fake religion uh-huh. for cats. Um, wow. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, next episode's a Warrior Cats <laughs> next episode. is Warrior Cats and the things we weren't allowed to reason, the, 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 the things we weren't allowed to read and why. Oh my god, wait. Speaking of, <laughs> time to tell you okay. about this experience that happened the other night. Blake was over at my house the other night. And we were talking about, which I know that you will probably know more mm-hmm. of these things, because we had very similar upbringings in yeah. this way. We're not allowed to engage in a lot of traditional media, because right. it was, like, secular. People to- said, oh my god, yeah. people kissed and were teenagers, like, yeah. whatever it was. Whatever was the like, reason, it's not good enough. It's not good enough for my, like, not innocent enough. Christian children. Yeah. yeah. So there's, you have to fill the holes with something. Yeah. Um, so my sister and I filled a lot of holes with... This channel that is local to where we live mm-hmm. called RFD TV, oh. which is the Rural Farming Network. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Molly B's Polka Party. Oh. And we watched Hee Haw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that Sarah knows what Hee Haw is. <laughs> Hee Haw is like SNL for yeah. country people. Yeah. <laughs> where they'll do like little like Gets and musical bits, oh, yeah. but it's all like bluegrass. <laughs> <laughs> and this was after the last time I saw Blake. I, uh, he did not know about Bible Man, and I was telling he him. He didn't about, know about Bible Man. <laughs> Nobody knows about Bible Man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it was such a huge 
huge part of my growing up. I watched so much Bible Man. I had a friend growing up who had a Bible Man costume. Yeah, he was like, his helmet and everything. For yeah, no, Blake, Bryce, Caitlin, none of them had heard of Bible Man, and I had to show them. Oh what my Bible gosh! Man yeah, for if you don't know, Bible Man is like. Basically, they took, like, Marvel comics, and they were like, this is too secular. Yeah. Let's make him only about Christian stuff. Yeah. And so the villains were all, like, representations of, like, bad things, like pride mm-hmm. or, you know, evil or anger. Yeah. Or, you know, like, negative emotions. Yeah. And then he is Bible Man. Yeah. And he, his, he wears, like, a superhero costume, but each piece is a piece based on this scripture about the armor of God. Yes. And that he goes through, like, putting on, like, yes. the chest plate of righteousness, like, and the, the sword of truth. Yes. Like, and each the, piece yeah, of this. All of the things. Yeah. And, and then, he has, like, a, if I remember correctly, he has, like, a, almost like a Sailor Moon, like, transformative yeah, thing. Yeah, he has every a magical episode. girl transformation. He has a magical girl transformation <laughs> every time because he has to put on all the armor and then he's by Yeah, they have to, like, walk you through each. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> a scientist. He, yeah, because you can't. Or something. Yeah. And then he will go and fight these villains with his, like, lightsaber, but, like, you know, obviously it's not a lightsaber. It's It's, lightsaber for God. Yeah, it's a light, it's a sort of truth, but it's a lightsaber. And he will recite Bible verses that are, like, topical to the behavior that this villain is exhibiting as he fights them. (laughs) And that is how he's fighting them. And it is very cringy, it's very bad, it's, the guy that made the show is also Bible Man. Yes. The same guy plays every villain, but they're all different villains. Yes. It's very, like, low-budget 90s Christian Yeah, television. it's... It's a trip. It's so good. Like, it's, it's awful. It's great. It's, it's like watching <laughs> the Batman from the 1960s. Uh-huh. Like, that's the vibe. It's yeah. a little... Like, it goofs on itself. It yeah. does... It is self-aware in that it's yeah. kind of bad. Um, but yeah, so I was telling him about that, because I was like, did you ever watch the Doodle Bops? He never watched the Doodle Bops. Oh. Um, yeah, I was like, how do you know... How do you not know the Doodle Bops? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and then we're he, telling on ourselves. We are telling on ourselves. And he didn't, he'd never seen that. And then I was like, I've told you about Molly B's polka party, right? And he was like, no. <laughs> so then I was showing him pictures of like clips of Molly B's polka party, okay. which is just a television show recording a like dance hall full of elderly people. Mm-hmm. And there's a polka band playing on the stage and the elderly people are dancing. They're not like, Hired dancers. It's just old people people that are just at a polka concert dancing, and it's a recording of this whole thing. But it's so funny. Huh. Because it's like, first of all, I don't prefer polka music. No. So it's like, the music is usually kind of interesting, where it's like, whoa, this is not something I would have picked. (laughs) And then it's just a bunch of old people, like, to varying levels of all... The only best best of mine I can think of is boogieing down to this polka (laughs) music. Because, like, sometimes it's just two people, and they're kind of just, like, standing and swaying. Yeah. But, like, sometimes they're genuinely trying, and it's very funny. That's so fun. So we used to watch that. Yeah, and then we watched... And it's... This is a series... This yeah, is this like is like a show? a show, like a recurring show. A recurring show where all they do is dance. Uh-huh. Fascinating. It is fascinating. <laughs> and then, which I know you will have heard of this one. Okay. I was like, have you ever heard of this movie called Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? Yeah. I love that movie. He had not. Why? And I was like, <laughs> trying to explain the plot of it to him, and I was like, basically, it's this, this cabin full of seven brothers, because they all live together for some reason, yeah. and they all have like... There's, like, the oldest brother, and he has his own bedroom. And then all the other brothers have, like, one bedroom with, like, <laughs> like rows of yeah. beds, like an orphanage. Yeah. And they all, like, live in this house together up in the woods of, like... And this is from, like, the 40s. Or yeah, it's, it's an old movie. It's old. 
It's probably like fifty. It's in colors, so it's got to be. It's in colors, and so yeah. It, but it's uh, I and I'm gonna, I'm gonna freak. Hold on, I'm gonna look her up because she's like the 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 main like the lead lady. She's like a famous yeah yeah. Like actress. Um, she was I mean like one like one of the darlings of the silver screen at the time. Yeah, but it's you know it's a lot older, and it's about these seven brothers, and one of them. I try, I don't. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't necessarily remember. Jane Powell. There we go. And Howard Keel. Yes. So. Um, the oldest brother is like, I need a wife. And he goes to town and like, semi-coerces a woman yeah. to like, be his wife. Kinda. It's not, it gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> Honestly, that, like, the beginning part of it is like, kind of the best part of it because he, like, that's like, he basically is like, hey, I need a wife. And she's like, that's presumptuous. And he's like, well, I mean, these are the things that you would get if you were my wife. And she's like, Alright. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, he's like, I'm in want of a wife. And but she's he like, all also right. does not tell her that, she, that he has seven brothers who live Yeah, that him. he lives in this house with like all of his brothers and they're yeah. a bunch of like fucking goofballs. Yeah. And so he brings her back and then there's kind of this slow love story progressing of like mm-hmm. them actually falling in love instead of just like a marriage of convenience basically. Mm-hmm. But then the brothers are all like, we want wives. Yeah. So they go to town, kidnap six women. Yep. Bring them back to the cabin. And then there's like, an avalanche or something, and it, like, this, the, like, pass closes for the winter, yeah. so the women are all trapped there, and then they slowly develop Stockholm Syndrome and fall in love with all the men. Yep. Uh, that's, and it's a musical. It's a musical. It's, it's a great musical. It's a great musical. Uh, <laughs> go and Courtin. Go and Courtin. An absolute bop. I, that's um, what I was showing yeah. him. Yeah. Lonesome like, Polecat. Lonesome Polecat. A great one. Sobbing Women. Sobbing Women is so good. <laughs> so good! But yeah, and, it's, and they go to, like, a barn raising, like, it's just yeah. them- like, interacting with this sort of, like, country lifestyle. It's kind of similar to the style of, like, Oklahoma. Yeah. Kind where of it's similar like, vibes with, it's, like... It's, like, Frontiersman stuff. Yeah, Frontiersman, like, kind of... It's it's catchy, like, catchy musical style. Yeah. Uh, I used to watch it at my grandmother's all the time. Mm-hmm. And Go and Gordon slaps really hard. It does. And I was showing it to Blake, and he was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> also, this is really fucked up. And I was like, it is! But now that I'm an adult, and I'm like, yeah, yeah this is definitely like really like, toxic stuff. You gotta get past that and just you gotta like, get past that and just bop, bop with going for it. Yeah, bop along to. And then there's like a bit where like all the women are sleeping in their the attic that they sleep in. Yeah, and they're like getting dressed or whatever, so they're all in their like underwear, but it's like pantaloons. Yeah, they're, yeah, and, they're like, doing their like whole. What is that one? Uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of that song is. Uh, but that that's one slaps. Oh, um, like. It's like it's like Mary and June or something something like that. It's like June Bride or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember what the name. That one's not as catchy, but they are doing a ballet in their pantaloons. So yeah, that. it's basically all about like we kind of all know that we're gonna end up getting married to these guys, I guess. So like, we're gonna be June brides or like you know by the time the snow like melts or whatever. It's really weird, and it's like the the kind of plot is like the the first lady, the the like oldest brother's wife. Mm-hmm. Is kind of teaching the like younger brothers how to be civilized men yeah. because they're like, you know, they've lived in a cabin with only men for their entire lives. So they're kind of like, you know, goofballs. They don't really know how to like treat a woman or whatever. Yeah. Um. And so she's like trying to civilize them, and that's what Going Courtin' is about. Which that one slaps so fucking hard. I've said that many times. I love that song. It's stuck in my head all the time. Um. And she's teaching them like, basically the kind of old fashioned game of like kind of cat and mouse that you'd play with dating where it's yeah. like I'm gonna be like sort of flirtatious and then very coy and then like yeah. and you have to chase after me and like 
pursue me, which is a little creepy. Yeah. Definitely some creepy old-fashioned undertones. Yeah. But, like, if you look past it. But it's old. It's, it's an old you know, musical. Like, yeah. So, like, yeah. It's kind of like... Yeah. It's an old musical, and it's representing, like, 1800s America. Yeah. So it's, it's like, like, even older. It's representing the something. Yeah. So it's kind of, like... It's archaic on purpose. Yeah. Even for when it was, like, not archaic. Even for when it was, like, newly, like... Yeah. So even when it came out, this was not the yeah. thing. But it's like yeah, it's like eighteen hundreds yeah. America. I recommend watching it, it's fun. How did like we musicals. get here? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you about all the stuff that I was showing Blake and he was like, What the fuck? <laughs> or I was telling you about Dinosaur Train. Oh Have you ever seen that one? I haven't, but I know what you, I I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a bunch of dinosaurs on a train. Yeah. Learning about dinosaurs. <laughs> That makes sense. Teach kids about dinosaurs. Yeah. Just, you know, so that they learn about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, he I was, like, really shook by all I of that. I remember how we got here. I know that I had been right in the middle of saying something about, like, how, like, modern smut genres like Shifter, ABO, mm-hmm. Monster Fucker, um, like, others that are probably more normal than that, are informed by fan fiction. Like, they were, like, fan fiction did it first, and then somebody was like... I bet somebody would read a full-length novel about this. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how it, like, grows into that. And I think it's really interesting because then, because, like, already in the smut genre, there's this idea of, like, like you were saying about, like, the AO3 tags, somebody was like, this is integral to my story, and also people will search this. Yeah. So with smut, it's like somebody said, this is something somebody's going to want to read. This is something that a lot of people want to read. And then when you get into, like, the the more kind of, like, out there a little bit, like, more, you know, maybe niche genres, again, like a monster fucker and things like that, you start to really see, like, this author really wrote this for, like, a specific, like, yeah. niche kink. And, like, it's not the point, but isn't it? Like, like the amount of gargoyle smut that exists mm-hmm. i'm like where does that come from like is that all branching off of like one specific one i think it does because and this is something that i learned recently so like there's the new gargoyle show but there was an old gargoyle show there's a gargoyle show yes it's a disney show <laughs> what yeah and so here's the thing and oh, this no. is i finally i was like all of the pieces are falling into place i understand where the gargoyle smut comes from now because Daniel showed me, he was like, yeah, there's a new Gargoyles show that's like a, you know, on Disney Plus or whatever. It's like, I don't know. But then there was an old Gargoyles show from like, it lo- the animation looked like it was from like the 80s or 90s. Uh-huh. Um, so like really old show. But the main character, the main Gargoyle is like built. And oh, he's like this no. super built, but also like very like mild mannered, kind of sweet. Oh my god! Like, and I was like, I get oh, it. I get it now. I get it. I understand. I feel. I feel like I figured out where this comes from because he showed me like the like one of the like um, I think like first scenes from the show. It's like an opening scene where like there. Like, I think the premise of it is that there's this human woman. Who's like a reporter or something? You know how uh-huh. all women are in in media are reporters or authors. Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she goes to the haunted castle or whatever. She goes to this castle. Yeah, she's look at even just the it. cover for the this for, the original is from nineteen ninety four. Yeah, like 
Yeah, yeah. I get it. But so she goes to his castle to try and like scoop up a story or whatever, uh-huh. and um, obviously encounters a bunch of living gargoyles, and he scares her. She falls off the building, so he races to like save her. Mm-hmm. So he's like sweet and tender, but also like big and intimidating. And I was like, I get it now. Yeah, I get it. Yep, I get it. <laughs> Figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, to bring it back to what we were originally talking about, which was kind of the, like, psychoanalysis yes. side of this. Because when I was originally, like, trying to explain to Bryce, and I was like, you know, he understands it, but you can't understand it the same way if you don't have experience with it. Where I was like, you know, I think it's interesting how a lot of the common tropes of ABO specifically was what kind of, like, fostered this. Like, maid bonding. Very mm-hmm. common. Yes. Um, I was like, you know, I think that that is something that people really look for in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, people want that kind of relationship where the person, like, inherently understands your mind. That is very, yes. like, fantasized about. That's a very common, like, yeah. sort of trope to most romance stories where it's like, they know your mind before you've even said anything. Yeah. Like, you're people so People really close. want that, like, very, like, intellectually intimate yes. kind of thing. And so that's, like, a pretty common trope of, like, mate bonding, which I have not explained. Um... Which is basically you bite each other because you're it's wolf based. Um, mm-hmm. You bite each other, um, and then that creates like a bond between you. Yeah, that's like a like a metaphysical bond where it's like yeah, you can you're then almost feel, like mind melding. Yeah, you can like feel each other's emotions through this bond. It's yeah. kind of how that functions. And so you know you can like feel if the other person feels very happy, mm-hmm. whatever. Like you can kind of sense that inherently. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see the appeal of that, yeah. of, like, why people would want that. Because um, it's, like, you know, there's something sort of romantic about, like, the deepness and, like, intimacy of that kind of yeah. connection. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a lot of, that's the kind of intimacy also that, especially in our culture, um, is kind of hard to cultivate. People want it, but people do not know how to Yeah, they don't know how to get there. To the point where you can have that. Yeah. Um... There's also, like, that sort of, like, faded mate aspect. Mm -hmm. I mean, people love the idea of, like, destiny or, like, soulmates. Totally. I get it. Um, There's also kind of the aspect of, like, that, like, intense biological imperative to fuck. Yeah. Where it's, like, someone wants you so bad that they're, like, consumed by it. that's, again, very understandable. Like, uh, you know, if you want, like... If you want sex at all, there's at least some part of you that can understand the idea of, like, wanting to be wanted. Wanting like, to be wanted and, in and, that way. Yeah, like, and, with that level of intensity. Yeah, and wanting to be desired so, like, you know, like, so much that it's almost too much. It's like, it's, you know, there's something yeah. about that that's, that's appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was kind of talking about, which, this is just seem like a read. This is as much of a cell phone as okay. it is a read of anyone else. Okay. But I feel like... The common, like, the most common population of people that are reading fanfiction mm-hmm. is people that are queer. Yep. Kind of lonely. Yep. Mentally ill. Like, you know, yeah. it's, that's why people relate to these things so hard is it's like, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I'm missing connection or, you know, I'm neurodivergent. So I get kind of, like, fixated on things yeah. or whatever where you'll, like, really get invested. And so to, like, see those kinds of things acted out, like, the kind of like, intense desire Mm -hmm. or intense emotional connection that you may struggle with. Or you may feel like, you know, I don't have that. Or a lot of people start reading fanfiction as teens, which is, like, a very awkward... Well, in a very vulnerable time of life. Very vulnerable age, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I can see why that would really Mm -hmm. appeal to you. So those are very common, like, 
you know, despite the trope that it's played out in. Yeah. Those are very common underlying themes to yeah. a lot of tropes. Well, and like with ABO, because there's also, you know, we were talking about, like, you know, the, the mate bond and the idea that, like, you know, like, having that intimate connection is very appealing. But more than that, like, on a broader scale, the the whole idea of, like, belonging to a community, like, the whole, like, pack-bonded thing, where mm-hmm. it's, like, they belong to not just a one person, but they have a place within a community that is a very attractive idea to a lot of disenfranchised people. And, you know, many queer neurodivergent people are very lonely and disenfranchised. Yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely see the appeal of those just on the psychological level. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's, like, common around, like, a lot of, I mean, even if you go to, like, traditional romantic tropes, Mm -hmm. like, you know, marriage of convenience, like... Yes forced proximity or like yeah. you know enemies to lovers where it's like that whole concept of like you know someone has seen the worst of you and you've gone through the worst experiences together and they still and they still love, love you. you yeah yeah you still like develop that attraction yeah like, that's kind of at the core of a lot of tropes or even like especially i mean i don't know well i was gonna say if you're listening probably have read some gay fan fiction you're you're in too deep now you're yeah it's with too late here. now um but there's a <laughs> lot of like at least in the type of <clears throat> fan fiction i'm consuming mm-hmm. where it's like you know typically in this story there aren't queer people or these characters aren't queer but we're going to write them as queer characters like you know yes draco malfoy and harry potter very popular yes the two arthur and merlin from merlin yes like you know those are not inherently queer stories they don't inherently have queer characters you can argue about Harry Potter. I would agree that it does not have inherently queer characters, and they were retconned to be queer. They were, yeah, that was um, <laughs> that was that was a that was a PR decision. It was not. <laughs> it was a PR decision on behalf of someone who has very poor PR, and yeah, was that was not helping. Um, <laughs> but so people will like you know that's very common where it's like or Larry Stylinson, also very common. <laughs> people want people to be gay so bad because there's such shitty gay representation in traditional yeah. media that it's like, we have to take traditional media without gay representation and make it gay just so we can feel represented. Yeah. And so there's a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, just these characters, but they're gay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. Like, because there isn't, there's horrible gay representation in media. Yeah. It's so, like, it's getting better. But yeah. it's so but bad. But it's, it's really bad. Well, because, I mean, like, when you think about it, like, there's truly kind of horrible heterosexual representation in media. Like, the het relationships that we are fed in, like, popular media are garbage. They're toxic as They're fuck. garbage. And you can see the damage that they've done. You can see what that, that has wrought upon the, like, heteronormative, like, relationship like, like, the way that that plays out in real life for people, the things that they expect and the things that they feel are normal and not normal and, like, acceptable are very informed by just shitty, shitty media that has fed them, like, awful, awful stuff for a long time. And so when you think about it that way, too, oh, excuse me, we're, like, like, it's, like, the gay representation is going to be shitty for a while. Yeah. Because we're, we've just now gotten to the point where the het relation the het stuff is okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just, no, it's abysmal. And honestly, it's abysmal and it, yeah. Especially if you represent any kind of like queer identity that's not just gay. Mm-hmm. Um, because people, especially traditional media, obviously like if, 
you know, if they try to have gay representation, typically it's a straight person writing gay representation. Obviously, yes. there's a lot of, like, indie films, and, like, there are more traditional films, especially mm-hmm. now, that are actually written by queer people. You know, queer people are involved in the making of them, and they're much more realistic. Yeah. But, like, especially when we were growing up, like... There was nothing. I cannot think of a single piece of media with a bisexual character in it. No. No. It's always... They're always just gay. Yeah. Because that's, like... I mean, they're trying to appeal to the masses. Yeah. And that is, in their mind, the idea of the masses. Yeah. like, a gay person or a lesbian woman. Yeah. Well, and that's all they can think of. Yeah. And they're trying... Well, and they're... What are... They're trying to, like... They're like, I don't know. People say we need to be more progressive. What can we do to be more progressive? Ah, uh, we'll put a gay person in there. Yeah, let the sister be a lesbian or yeah. whatever. And, it's, and like, it's like, it's always a side character, and they all it's always like, you know, like, you don't see them for three episodes, and then they come back for a joke, and it's like, alright. Like, they're there. And we're glad that they're there. But, like... They don't usually get, like, meaningful development. No. Or, like, and that was... A focus on, like, a meaningful relationship. Right. And that was... <coughs> oh, God, I can't breathe. That was, like, everything when we were growing up. There was nothing that was, like... And especially for you and I, too, it was, like, if there was representation in those things, we weren't allowed to watch that thing because it would go out on Focus on the Family that there was a gay person in this film and you can't let your children watch it, they'll turn gay. Yeah, common sense media, fuck you. Yeah. That's the, like, very... Well, probably not as popular anymore. It's still around. But yeah. Especially when we were growing up in, like, the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Common sense media is a... Christian website yeah. that does like uh, like IMDb parent ratings, but for like Christian people, so like yeah. gay people, people in tank tops. I mean, like it's just a much more extreme version it was, of like it's very hyper conservative, and not even hyper conservative. Like yes, hyper conservative politically, but hyper conservative socially. Just like yeah. very, it's very, like, like a boy and girl hold hands. Yeah, as if that's like in any way corrupting the youth. Yeah, well, and it's but that's the thing is like they put it out there. For the families that are extremely conservative. They put it out there for the courting families. And yeah. for the families who, like, still arrange matches for their yeah, children. like, and, like Fundy Quiverful yeah, type of, like, yeah, yeah. Duggar-type families yeah. where it's like, you know, we cannot watch the show because that woman's wearing a tank top and shorts. Yeah. And that's going to make you lust too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So they'll always put stuff about gay people on mm-hmm. those two and they'll be like, there's ref and it's always reference to like there's reference to like a the brother being gay. Oh my god! And people will see that and be like, well, we can't watch that. No, there's they, a gay person. They in say it. the word gay. My parents still are like that. I'm sure yours are to some degree. Oh, where it's oh, like yeah. you know there's a gay character to show, and it's like, why did that need to be in here? Yeah, it's like because they exist. <laughs> because that's realistic. Because <laughs> gay people exist. <laughs> Putting, taking all the gay people out of the shows does not make gay people not exist. But yeah, I think that's what. They would like to pretend they, when they don't. They really would like to pretend that they do not exist. I like that they said they as if... They like to pretend that we do not exist. Yeah. <laughs> as if that is not also me. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. Um, shit. What was I gonna say? Um, fuck. Yeah, but it... it oh, fuck. I, it's like... It, it's like halfway in my brain. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Focus on the family. And focus on the family. Fuck you, focus on the family. <laughs> Fuck you, focus on the family. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's kind of, that's a lot of where fan fiction comes from and like, you know, kind of the roots of it is that it's inherently disenfranchised yeah. people that do not see themselves represented in the media 
or that feel like, you know, the way the media is, is not depicting, like, the way that they feel or the experience that they want to relate to. Yeah. So it's like, I'm gonna make that better. And there's a lot of really genuinely great fan fiction, mm -hmm. like, that is good quality. I feel like it gets a bad rap, especially from places like Wattpad, where it's like, most of the people they're writing on places like that are, like, 12. So you have not developed your writing skill all the way, yeah. mostly by that point. Yeah. Um, and so there's, like, yeah, there's only some that's bad. There's some that's toxic. There's some that represents very, like, toxic norms and things like that. Yeah. Obviously not all of it's good. But, like, I have read a lot of very genuinely good fanfiction. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey, originally a fanfiction. Yes. Um, <coughs> there's a lot of, There's a lot of, like, fanfiction. Like, mm -hmm. that movie after, that was bad. That was bad. Based it on uh, even worse fanfiction. Yeah. And that's another thing, speaking of, like, disenfranchised and very, like, niche things and, like, you know, like, very small communities that, um, kink communities. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's, like, that's, like, 80% of it. That's 80% of the smut. It's, it's always, There's a like, lot a lot of, of it good is very... good kink representation. Yeah, very good kink re representation. And it's one of those things where, like, like, Fifty Shades of Grey was kind of launched into, you know, like, the public eye, but that is, like... Very, was, bad it's very bad. It's very bad. There was a lot of. There were a lot of people within those communities that were like, "This is the one. This one. Yeah, this is, is the thing. Is the thing that you decide is like gonna represent all of us for the next ten years until we can get something else out into the mainstream media. Like this is sucks. This is awful. So yeah. yeah. And in response to that, there was a lot more fan fiction that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot of good. And I feel like that's a great way for people to, especially people who are like very repressed, to mm -hmm. kind of safely explore things like that. Where yeah. it's like, you know, I'm interested in this. Or yeah. like I want to understand more about sex. That is how that's I, where I yeah, let's say I, I learned a lot about sex <laughs> from fan fiction. And not yeah. all of it is good. Yeah. But it gives you a way to kind of understand what's out there. Yeah. And, a, like, a jumping off point of, like, oh, they're talking about, you know, like, bondage. What is that? Let me look it up. Or, yeah. like, you know, a way to kind of understand what your options are when no one is willing to tell you yeah. what any of that stuff is. Yeah. And certainly no one's going to tell you about, like, BDSM or bondage or kinks no, or anything like that. They're, like, they're barely going to talk to you about, like, just vanilla sex. But, yeah, like, literally penis and vagina sex. That yeah. is it. They won't tell you about Anything, anything else. else. And they're barely going to talk about that. They're, like, hardly going to, like, give you any information. So, like, yeah, you need to explore that on your own. Um, and even if you don't know that you need to, you're going to. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's, like, I like that was one of the things that, like, I struggled with for a very long time because I discovered fan fiction really before I had any strong idea of like what like I didn't have any basis for what I was encountering mm -hmm. so I didn't even realize that that was like like that fell under the umbrella of porn mm -hmm. and that was something that I struggled with for a long time I was like oh no I did I do something bad like oh no did I look at porn did I look at wait oh no and I was it was yeah it was something that I was like wait a minute am I a bad person now yeah um not and, and it was just something that like that's classic that's, Christian guilt. Yeah, that's you should not very Christian look guilt. at any kind of sexual content. Yeah, you shouldn't be thinking about. Which is so weird to me that it's like it's so. First of all, you cannot just stop yourself from thinking about it. No, and it's like not only is it bad to act on it because they've decided that it's bad to act on it, even yeah. though there's, you know, if you're doing it safely, consensually, whatever, there's yeah. no negative outcome of that yeah. from like, you know, you're not gonna get like smited by God or whatever no. for having sex. No. Um, 
But, like, how else are you supposed to find out about it if you're not allowed to yeah. talk about it, look at it, read about it? Like, you're not, well, and how are you supposed the, to know? The thing that I wish more people understood is, like, if you're so concerned about your kids, like, reading or, or looking at it or engaging in unsafe behavior because they because they don't know anything about how to engage in it safely or you know like or even if you're you're concerned about them engaging in it and that that is the that is the unsafe part of it like they shouldn't engage in it yet if you're so concerned about that you should be talking about it you should be talking about things that you feel are threats like my mom didn't just my mom didn't like not mention that people might kidnap us for fear that we might go find some kidnap like she like she, she told us all about, like, she told us that, you know, like, about, like, the danger of drugs and the danger of other substance abuse. And she told us about the danger of, like, you know, like, what, like, some people will do to try and convince you to, you know, like, leave with them and then they'll never, like, bring you back. Like, there were all these things that it was, like, she told us about all these things that she felt were, you know, going to be dangers in our lives. And it's, like, if you thought that engaging in sexual behavior outside of, her, of a particular context was going to be dangerous for us, why didn't you give us more information? It's yeah, not... why don't you explain why and how to avoid the dangerous yeah, situations? It would have been a lot better. <laughs> because if you if you imply that you have to avoid the dangerous ones, then you're implying that like you should be okay with the safe ones and you cannot possibly yeah. be okay with sex. Yeah. It's, yeah. Which, mm-hmm. and I saw this TikTok the other day and I was like, this is such a good way of saying that. Where this, this woman was talking about, like, you know, I'm very sex positive with my kids. Yeah. I, you know, have made it clear, like, you know, this is what unsafe sex is, this is what safe sex is. When you feel ready to explore those things, whether it's by yourself, with someone else, like, yeah. you know, here's how to do it safely. Because eventually you're going to get to that point and you should have the tools to do it safely. Yeah. And she was like, so many parents have this idea of, like, well, not under my roof. And it's like, if it's not under your roof, it's, it's going to be in a way worse situation. Yeah. Like, you know, in someone's car on the side of the road where you have no way to escape or get home if something goes wrong. Right. Wouldn't you way rather it be under your roof where if something happens and they, you know, shout immediately you can run up there and, like, stop the dangerous situation? Like, why would you not want it to be where someone is figuring things out in a controlled environment where if something goes wrong, immediately there's someone there to help. Yeah. And be like, yeah, you're right. This is unsafe. Like, let's get you out of the situation. like, Like, would you rather your child be, like like severely endangered possibly injured you know like at work like they could be you know that god forbid they could be killed like there are so many things that could go wrong depending on where and how they are practicing these behaviors and like it's the same thing with like the parents who are like well if you're gonna drink we'd rather you do it at home it's the same thing it is a behavior that is not in itself wrong or bad but if it's abused if it's used poorly if it's not done with safely and with you know certain parameters in mind it can be detrimental it can hurt you it can hurt your relationships it can hurt others it like it's not it doesn't make any sense (laughs) to be like you're not doing that in here not under my watch under my roof and it's like why not? Yeah, under your watch is the safest, place, is the for safest place for your child. And so ultimately, your your like primary concern is not the safety of your child in this scenario. Your primary concern 
is that something has happened that you feel personally uncomfortable with. Yeah, something is against your moral conviction. Yeah. And you've completely ignored the fact that your child, who at this point is probably a teenager, is allowed to have their own moral convictions. So you are disregarding the safety of your child for your own personal comfort. And that is what we call bad parenting. (laughs) That's not okay. No. That is, yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that's why it's so important to have things like fan fiction, where it's like, if no Mm -hmm. one's gonna tell you, you have to have somewhere to look. Yeah. And somewhere, because I feel like it also gives you, like, I mean, I've read a lot of fan fiction where there's, like, something going on that I'm like, oh, I never thought I would be interested in that. But, like, I'm hearing about it, I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting, I'd like to try that, or, like, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I would have never known about that otherwise. Right. Where else are you supposed to find out about it? And that is one of those things that can, like, be you know, like, a huge benefit to your mental health. When, like, when you discover something that's, like, I didn't realize that this was something that I wanted, but now that I know it's here, this makes a lot of sense and, like, feels, like, you know, it feels so much better to, like, have this part of me, like, revealed and, like, out of the open or out in the open instead of, like, just having it kind of, like, under the surface. Yeah. It's it's so much better for your mental health when you are aware of those things. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you wouldn't be aware of it. I wouldn't be aware of, like, half of my kinks if it were not for <laughs> fan fiction. I, I realized I was autistic because of how deeply I related to autistic characters in a book series. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that I'm supposed to find this, this is... as relatable as I do. Well, that's great. <laughs> and that's when that's, like, like... Before slash during the time that I was in grad school and I was like, you know, had access to that kind of information. And I was like, oh, (laughs) Oh, there's a reason that I so deeply relate to these autistic characters. There you go. Should have looked into that. I used to, have you ever seen that show Bones? Yes. I used to really relate to that main character. Mm. And she's very, like, autistic coded. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I find her so relatable. I love her. And now that I watch back, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things, and I'm, like, I, uh, that's one of those things, like, I, I do that with, um, like, looking back on characters I related to, because I related to a lot of male characters, mm-hmm. and part of, part, when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, that's because the male characters were the ones that were developed, and then part of it is also I look back and I'm like, oh, there were certain, like, more masculine behaviors that I, like, like, more yeah, identified I relate with, to, yeah. and, like, it was like it was one of those things where like after I realized I was bi, then I would look back and be like, "That would be why I wished that I could be that male character because that male character gets to be with the girl." Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I, I boys not do. I just wanted to fuck that woman. And I, I didn't just know. yeah. I just wanted to fuck that woman. Oh well. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, this was our. <laughs> this was a. This was a long episode. This was a long episode. There were a lot of. This this a good deep we covered time. a lot of ground here. We did cover a lot of ground. This is this is what this entire series is gonna be about. Yeah. It's like me and Sarah covering fifteen topics mm, in the span of forty five yes. minutes. We talked about Bible Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> play us out with a song from Hee Haw because oh, I yes. found this one that I was making Blake listen to and he was like, this shit sucks. And I was like, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, I hope you can. I just so watched funny. it the other day, so it shouldn't be. It's, it's under all so these Stardew Valley YouTube videos that I've been... I, um... Stardew Valley YouTube is my current hyperfixation. We love that. I found it. Oh, perfect. Oh my god. 
<laughs> There's so many clips of this. <laughs> I'll show you when, after we're done recording, I'll show Why you the clip of that? Molly Me's Polka Party. Oh, please. I can't wait. This one is called Gloom, Despair, and Agony on Me. No. Oh, hang on. Excuse this ad for, oh, like, no. some toxic-ass, like, diet gross. culture situation. We have, a, we have a video of my sister and I, as children, singing this song. It's somehow deeply relatable. It is. I love the guy in the background going, oh, oh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thanks, and we're sorry. Oh. <laughs> okay, I would just like to come back, because this is a few minutes after we finished recording that last episode. And in the episode prior, I said that I texted Daniel about the dad from Peppa Pig. Yeah. And I sent him the picture and said, I found your celebrity lookalike. And I said I would update anyone if he responded. This was in good fun, by the way. This was in good fun. Yeah, he's not, I know he's not offended. (laughs) This is just the relationship I have with Daniel. Yeah. But he did respond, and I just didn't look at it in time to put it in the like last immediately episode. after we stopped recording. Yeah, so we'll attack we'll tack this on to the end of the original like the episode that I originally said that in because Daniel's response was, "I'm going to burn down your parents' house," <laughs> <laughs> and it was a funnier and better response than I even imagined, and I just needed that to be included to do that moment justice. Oh no.